The pandemic has hit many of us hard. In fact, I think everyone has been revealed as suffering from some effects, and we'll get to that more in a moment. However, I do want to mention a possible upside to this bizarre and tragic time. More of us know exactly what is at stake for the future. In the past, we haven't always had the twisted luxury of mourning a thousand different kinds of losses at once. So what do I mean by that? In April of 2020, the American Psychological Association published an article called Grief and COVID-19, Mourning Our Bygone Lives, which notes how the pandemic has led to a series of losses, from our sense of safety to our social connections to our financial security. And the piece, the, the piece quotes a psychologist as saying, quote, it's important that we start recognizing that we're in the middle of this collective grief. We're all losing something now. In the past, more things appeared to change gradually. Misfortune seemed more individualized, not quite as general. There were flickering moments that seemed like exceptions uh, of unified grief and loss, but the pandemic was sort of a sustained crisis that put more of us in the same boat. We at least had a chance to see stark naked reality and to see not only our own struggles, but the struggles of people en masse and, and, and our neighbors as well. So there was potential for positives coming from this, as much of a mixed bag as that really is. There, there still is some positive potential in that. There are big conflicting pieces of this puzzle, like lies on the internet, that we previously were somehow able to shrug off more, but can hardly ignore now. And others, like the lack of an obvious enemy that we're struggling to incorporate into our daily lives, desperate to defeat some scapegoat uh, to find safety and general improvement. Disinformation and misinformation have been revealed as the true ruiners of the world, as no tyrant could ever thrive without lies. At the same time, some of those quickest to rail against the elite, so to speak, and cry loudest against fake news, are themselves either elites or their dupes by the elites. And some of the biggest liars in the world have been revealed in recent times. In this era, it's like we're finally realizing that it's not just individuals or families who suffer. Everyone does. Even the wealthy elites that are mentioned and politicians suffer from special varieties of either greed or madness or uh, being sociopathic or psychopathic and inflict their own pains onto the world through their psychological projections and defense mechanisms. The end result is that there seemingly is no typical experience anymore. Everything is nuts. Uh, regarding so many conspiracy theorist types, we've seen how reality can almost be bent at will. Almost like a superpower, except that superpower is actually mankind's folly and mental frailty. Cheap innovations here and there won't likely save us either. In fact, some of our feel-good quotable phrases aren't even accurate in this scenario. 
For example, it's claimed that Rolf, Ralph Waldo, Waldo Emerson once said, If you build a better mousetrap, the world will beat a path to your door. It's not a bad quote and applicable to the crises we face. But now we're figuring out that we can't just build ourselves a better mousetrap as we've done for centuries. There is no innovative technological solution that's truly going to 100% answer or explain what is going on right now. The truth is a lot clunkier than convenient solutions, which is perhaps mirrored by the fact that Emerson apparently never actually said that about mouse traps, but instead said, quote, If a man has good corn and wood, or boards, or pigs to sell, or can make better chairs or knives, crucibles or church organs than anybody else, you'll find a broad, hard-beaten road to his house, though it be in the woods. So now, that is obviously a much clunkier sentence than the simple one about, you know, building a better mousetrap. So I kind of like this discrepancy because it illustrates exactly how bumper sticker style sloganeering is often accurate, accurate, but it can often be inaccurate, and it's just not going to cut it for every scenario. And neither is solely embracing condensed reality, wordage, and information. In order to truly advance and find solutions to life's greatest issues and mysteries, we need a much sturdier intellectual culture that values intelligence over knee-jerk, bumper-sticker-style appeal. So his real quote may be clunkier, even uglier, and it, and it almost sounds stupider in a way, but it's technically a better quote from him because, well, f for starters, it's what he actually said. You know, facts matter, and the real Emerson quote offers a wider variety of topics and applications. And uh, it is less convenient, but more thorough, which is almost symbolic of what actual solutions look like. In other words, we need the antidote to something like a Donald Trump rally. At least, that's the hope, even without an, an immediate, obvious, creative recipe or formula. There's no easy answer to our problems, and no amount of making America great again will do much to fix what ails us. In fact, quite tellingly, make America great again was just another brain-dead political slogan, and not even an original one. It was essentially just ripped off from Ronald Reagan. The only reason such marketing works is because people are generally so stupid, frankly. I mean, there it is. As H.L. Mencken said, For every complex problem, there is an answer that is clear, simple, and wrong. And even the basic premise of, you know, making America great again, it's, it's kind of an empty-headed premise. It is clear, simple, and wrong. If we really want to intelligently address a problem, all we can do is have the discussion, acknowledge the reality that is staring us in the face, and then act accordingly for the best possible outcome for the maximum amount of people. Yes, there is a debate or discussion to be had, but it can only be had with responsible thinking adults, not bumper stickle, sticker slogan-addled fools. Sorry, I kind of messed up there. I said stickle. But I, I was going to say the word addled after that, so there you go. But anyway, if addressing issues has you at a cult-like rally 
and you feel like you're falling in love with some charismatic leader, you're doing it wrong. The same likely applies if you scapegoat the problems as all emanating from one group or one individual. So when I'm criticizing Trump here, I don't want you to get me wrong. It's not just that I'm anti-Trump. I actually criticize both parties. I try to cr criticize them equally, although these days one seems worse than the other. It's almost like an optical illusion because one seems to lead to the other. One of the biggest issues at the center of this conversation is globalization or the way that resources and decision making are truly being globalized, so to speak, into the hands of unaccountable corporations on an international scale and various elites who serve them as well as the masses who serve their institutions. It's not just one small group, but entire systems and societies acting as purveyors of the disempowerment of the masses who are not to be trusted to manage their own lives. It is, to a large degree, the propagandized masses themselves harming themselves, often under the guise of freedom. Unfortunately, these propagandized masses still haven't realized that companies have been leaving the U.S., not because taxes are too high here, but because cheap, exploitable labor is available in other countries. Meanwhile, more jobs are just being lost due to automation anyway. Still, because we're not supposed to apply common sense, and because we're supposed to be stupid bigots, we're supposed to blame our economic problems on immigrants. In fact, I was recently in a line somewhere. I won't say where, but, you know, I, I was in a line, and in mid-conversation, some elderly woman started bashing immigrants as being job thieves. Of course, no one mentioned to her that there are tons and tons of job openings here across the United States, even as she spoke, and there are no massive waves of sinister illegal immigrants viciously snatching all these low-paying jobs away from us hard-working, propagandized Americans. So it, it, it's actually pretty easy to basically instantly refute that line of argument uh, based on even anecdotal evidence. If there are tons of job openings around you, it's not the case that they're all being filled with quote-unquote illegals. So I was tempted to make such a point, but I was really not in line there to debate people, so I didn't. It just didn't seem like the time or the place, but maybe I should have made it so. Basically, this woman represented to me another propagandized American, perhaps not an outright villain herself, but one, but a person who clings to a bumper sticker level analysis of the world's problems, rather than applying facts and elementary logic. Jobs were available en masse for Americans, despite her myth-making at the time that she said that. Her critical thinking was not available, however, at least not in that instance, and that can make a great deal of difference. Every time someone fails to apply logic and reason, it's a potential opportunity for anti-intellectual charlatans to reign supreme, and most certainly take even greater advantage of us all. So basically, that's all I have to say here for now. Um, hopefully you enjoyed my, uh, my rant here. Hopefully it provides food for thought, and uh, have a good day.